Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, folks. Welcome to Thanks for the Knowledge, Fanbyte's weekly news show, rounding up the headlines in games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. We have a jam-packed show for you this week. Lots of stuff happened in the news. I'm going to catch you up with what's happening next week. But first, I sat down with Alexis Cousy, aka Perk, the site director for WowHead.com, to talk about the ongoing and troubling Activision Blizzard case. Let's get right to it. Of course, the big news from last week carried over into this week, and it is, of course, the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing uh, suing Activision Blizzard for, uh, among other things, uh, gross misconduct and uh, wage disparity. Uh, To help me wade through those waters, as well as to uh, uh, mention some of the other the other developments that we've seen this week is the wonderful Alexis Cousy, the site director for wowhead.com. Hi, Perk. Hey, thanks for having me back. Yeah, of course. You are uh, one of one of my I think my only one of my only repeat guests. I feel like we have a, a few, but I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you're back. Yeah, um, I wish it was under different circumstances. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess I want to start, you know, you you and your team. Uh, at Wowhead, work on uh, obviously you know very Blizzard centric properties. Uh, I want to just basically get a sense of like how things have been for y'all over the past couple of weeks. Um, it's been a really uh, tough uh, situation. Uh, lots of community building uh, within the Wowhead team, but just a really rough uh, period where. We, uh, many of us have had uh, negative interactions with, you know, Blizzard and the community. And we are here reading the news, reliving our own traumas as we are trying to cover the news to the best of our abilities and raise awareness in the greater Warcraft community, many of whom were not aware of what was going on. You know, they were sort of blinded by the Blizzard hype, you know, bleed blue for life, that sort of thing. So it's been a pretty exhausting week. Um, We are trying to be mindful of our mental health, but, you know, it's a really important topic. So we're trying to rise to the occasion and cover everything as best we can, uh, you know, and just spread the word and Mm -hmm. let people in the Warcraft community know what's going on. Yeah. Well, some of the developments that happened this week, we obviously had a, a walkout uh, for, for employees on Wednesday. Um, from from kind of where you're sitting, how do you get a sense of how that went? 
Uh, I think that it left a strong mark among players and also with a dark sense of humor among investors because the stock market uh, for Activision Blizzard was remaining pretty stable until um, the announcement occurred that the walkout was happening. And that mm-hmm. led to a significant drop. And then Bobby Kotick uh, suddenly changed Activision's tone in making replies uh, to staff. So the walkout um, definitely um, made waves among the community um, as well as with Activision. Uh, Of course, his statement didn't really address the demands of the people who were doing the organizing. uh, So there's more work to do. But I think that everyone, you know, coming forward uh, without a union to do the walkout was very brave. um, And, you know, we definitely stand with solidarity with them. Yeah, and you you alluded to the tone of uh, of course we we of course are also in major solidarity with the workers yeah. of Activision Blizzard for walking out, um, and and also you know they they have demanded a lot of things of their employer. They have not demanded any sort of boycotts, things like that. That's been an interesting kind of sub uh, topic of like yeah, just you know, to really quickly. Yeah. I think like the community has sort of been. Policing who plays a game, who doesn't play a game. Should you quit Blizzard and, uh, you know, stand another studio? And, like, that's not what the discourse should be about. That's taking away from the employee demands of, you know, better HR policies, uh, fair pay, um, just, you know, better hiring practices. Uh, And many uh, AA studios have similar problems, like we saw with the Riot lawsuit. So, um, you know, fans definitely can uh, muddy the waters um, a bit and just want to keep things on the message of the worker uh, demands, not policing someone for playing uh, a game or not. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's really important that folks really listen to those demands and not kind of overreach because it can often make things worse for the folks that yeah. are actually trying to do things internally. Um, we alluded to the tone as well. Um, last week we saw uh, we saw messages from Activision President Rob Kostich, not to be confused with Bobby uh, Kotick, which is a bizarre uh, naming mm, yeah. convention. Um, J. Allen Brack, uh, as well as uh, from uh, uh, Vi- the Vice President of Corporate Affairs, Francis Townsend, uh, of those responses before Bobby, before we get into uh, Bobby Kotick's response, which of those kind of rubbed you the raw, like the worst way? So um, the ones, I mean, they were all bad in different ways. <laughs> they were all bad. Yeah, that's true. I the guess it was a trick question. Ones that were just flat out like this is irresponsible and bad. Like that, that was the obvious one. Like yeah. it was just like, wow, this is super bad. France yeah. is being like, well, I've never encountered this. Things are great. It's like, yeah, no kidding. You, you came <laughs> from the White House and you've been here for four months in a top role. No wonder stuff's good. Um, I think the one though that because I've worked so closely with Blizzard and Warcraft, the statements from J. Allen Brack and similar statements made by other top Blizzard employees. Um, those were the ones that's, that did sort of get under the, my skin the most, even though their tone was better, because you could see in the responses how things were allowed to fester so long. You know, they're saying, I've always right. been against bro culture, like, I'm shocked, you know, I should have done better. And it's like, you know, thank you, architects of this, you know, <laughs> toxic company. Thank, thank you for being surprised. You had no idea um, it was there. So, you know, it, it hurts when... 
you know, I think back 15 years and I'm like, oh, yeah, I thought these people were cool. And then you just there's just a lot of regret and sadness and knowing their messages have a better tone. But they're still kind of um, missing the point or not really acknowledging the role they played in upholding the culture. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of passing the buck and kind of not addressing anything head on. Um, so, yeah, Bobby Kotick's response was, I, I think, in tone, I guess, better, but it still kind of read to me as uh, him wondering out loud, how did we allow this to happen, says the person that's like at yeah. the top of yep. this company, um, which is just, you know, very, I think you should leave hot dog man going, we're trying to find the guy who did this. Like, it just doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. Um, one of the things that you really latched onto uh, this week on, on Twitter, uh, which I thought was like a, a very good point that I've seen others make, but I had not really fully considered before is, you know, Alex Afrasiabi, who was uh, with the company until 2020, uh, was named as one of the two people really specifically named in that mm-hmm. lawsuit. Um, WoW announced that they, the WoW team basically said without naming him, hey, we're going to start actually – you know, changing some things in the game to basically distance, uh, you know, ourselves from whatever. We all read between the lines and knew that mm. referred to Alex Afrasiabi, and those things started to to come out. Now, this in conjunction with the news that we found out that he was not – he did not leave in 2020 as had been, I think, previously reported. He was fired for misconduct. So that was a known entity within uh, Blizzard, and you brought up the great point. That, okay, they've known about this for more than a year, and it's only until they got caught that they're removing the Alex Afrasiabi stuff from the game. What kind of response have you seen from the community uh, with this? And, and I don't know, speak a little bit about, like, you know, because yeah. it's definitely not new that WoW would use a real person in a game. It happens a ton. So it's just like, oh, boy, this is a this is a mess. Yeah, so uh, in recent years when ra- when WoW tends to run into an issue with someone, even if it's not conclusively proven, they tend to um, uh, remove the reference or voice acting quietly. Uh, And I believe the process for having an NPC named after you is more elaborate than uh, it was in the past when it was sort of more like, oh, are you friends with this person or a favor? So I I even have uh, an old old school item named after myself. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I know a little bit about that process. For sure. But so... I, I thought it was very surprising that, you know, we saw this Warcraft statement and I'm thinking, okay, well, it's a step in the right direction. And then a day later in the uh, Kotaku article, uh, it was confirmed that Blizzard fired him in 2020. And I'm thinking, right. okay, like that that did not sit well with me. Um, you know, how the Warcraft team makes the statement that, you know, they, they suddenly realized that they had um, inappropriate references in the game, but it was known for a year. And that actually lines up with the lawsuit which was making it seem that oh you know people would report stuff to management and they wouldn't do anything or they would get off lightly it definitely seems like they were trying to cover that up um the community response has been uh pretty positive uh towards me although my twitter is locked down pretty tightly so (laughs) if someone is arguing with me about it i probably muted them a year ago for something else um but i do want to caution that you know there are people out there who or fully on the, you know, I'm not going to play Blizzard games train. I'm going to, you know, yell at the employees for working at Blizzard. Afraziabi sure. sucks. Like, there are people who are kind of riding the trolling train without, uh, j- just because they, they want to troll and don't fully 
understand the nuance of what's going on. But yeah, yeah. I was... The Warcraft statement, I was originally kind of positive about it, and now I definitely got more disappointed when I realized they had sat on this news for a year before moving the references. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to ask a tough question, but but I, you've you've dealt with, I think, the, the some of the worst parts of communities as it you know, pertains to Blizzard properties. You've seen a lot of things. You, you've been the brunt of some things as well. This kind of reckoning with this being so public, do you feel like this has been a really long time coming or are you surprised that it came out the way it did? I definitely feel like it's been a pretty long time coming and it took a a long period of people getting critical with other aspects of Blizzard to bring this to the forefront. Um, You know, Blizzard was revered. Um, Many of the people that currently uh, are no longer with the company that were in charge of Blizzard uh, earlier. They're, you know, pretty revered by the community, like they're untouchable. So it was a long time coming as the culture had to change. People had to be really critical of Blizzard for other things, whether it was um, game releases or, you know, launching a game uh, Thanksgiving week, questions of crunch. Uh, 2020 had a lot of discussions about, um, uh, you know, under uh, underpaid employees. Right. Uh, I think it definitely had to be a slow transition towards being able to uh, contra- constructively uh, critique the company for this reckoning to happen. I think if it was a few years earlier, it could have been squashed by a lot of, you know, hype and yeah. just, you know, the company PR machine. Yeah. Well, we've we've heard rumors about, you know, uh, rumblings about unionization, even though the workers have not actually said any of that stuff out loud. But but Blizzard did hire Activision Blizzard did hire a a law firm this week uh, that is notable for some union busting tactics in the past in terms of dealing with uh, employee uh, 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 disruption, things like that. Um, What what path forward do you actually see for? Blizzard, I guess, as a company, but I guess more importantly, the workers of Blizzard. Like, what do you think happens from here? I mean, moving, uh, I also to just uh, go on to your point with the union busting, I did see a report earlier this morning from Uppercut Crit um, uh, saying that Activision was canceling all hand meetings instead having more right. smaller groups, one on ones, which is, you know, a, a tactic That's a that tactic. can be used to, um, you know, uh, prevent people from uh, unionizing. Um, I mean, I think that right now uh, the momentum is on the workers' side and, you know, there needs to be a big overhaul in terms of uh, payment uh, and HR. Um, Yeah. And I think that the workers can also use the post-COVID working landscape in their favor because Irvine's a really expensive, boring place to live. I've been there. (laughs) And... (laughs) If, uh, you know, with so many more companies offering uh, remote uh, options or working from home or flexible things, um, Blizzard cannot just exploit people as, you know, you get to work at your childhood dream. They need to offer more. So, you know, I would definitely say, you know, keep pushing for, you know, wages that are on par with other companies in the area, um, you know, HR overhaul, really sticking to those four demands that they put in their statement of intent. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, this is going to have some far-reaching uh, uh, consequences as well. We've seen uh, pictures of uh, some of the the devs in question 
um, at BlizzCon and other other events. Uh, they've gone on to do other things. I mean, Greg Street is one of them over at Riot. Um, he's kind of dug himself into a hole. I do you whenever we see any sort of evidence that these folks are trying to do this, you know, deniability, we usually see uh, something, you know, evidence to the contrary almost immediately. Um, I guess what I want to know is the pay disparity stuff is a major part of this, but you know, how, how does blizzard prevent these kind of like boys club things from forming in the first place? Do you think? I mean, just better, uh, hiring practices. There was, (laughs) I believe, I mean, there there was a statement that they made last year where they chose not to implement uh, recommended uh, diversity initiatives above a certain uh, pay grade for top management because they right. thought it wasn't needed. So, I mean, there, it seems like there's some obvious obvious ways in which they could be doing um, better. And, you know, going back to the article you mentioned, uh, the uh, Kotaku article made it seem like there were members of HR would even sort of stop by this party mm. suite at BlizzCon. So, like, the the whole system with HR is just broken if they're you know complicit uh in this or aware aware of what's going on yeah it's uh yeah i mean i mean living in irvine i never thought oh gee let me maybe be cool if i worked at blizzard instead like there was just you know many of the reasons that made me uninterested in going in going there i'm sure lots of other people have thought about as well you know between the, the the pay the the hours um just sort of like the lack of diversity, um, yeah. you know, hearing things. Um, you know, I think BlizzCon for the longest time, they now do, they didn't have a policy um, with like harassment or security. It was pretty bare bones. Um, it just, you know, didn't seem to be a thoughtful place that took these sorts of issues into account. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's rough. And it's going to take a, I think a reckoning top top to bottom, you know, in order to really shake things up there. And I I don't know. It's like whenever I see, you know, they they really made a big deal of uh, in in the lawsuit. Really, one of the first pages was you know a display of the the pay disparity. Um, you know, mentioning that I think it's twenty percent of the workforce is women to begin with, but the, those roles at the top are just basically not available to them. We saw the pay disparity from. Bobby Kotick, and then even the folks below him, there's a huge gap. But then the the folks in that section and then below are that the, that gap is just enormous as well. Um, I think, yeah, I I I don't know how you, I don't, I I just don't know how you correct the problem that is so unbelievably corrupt from the top without unionizing. So I just like, yeah, it's just it's one of those things that we're we're still super interested in watching. I think it's uh, it's sad for obviously a lot of the workers of Blizzard who have not only been victims of this, but just like, you know, uh, have nothing to do with this. I mean, we've seen this at Riot as well with teams that are so isolated from the, the, the executives that are dealing with this. Uh, getting kind of abuse rained down on them. It's just a terrible yeah, situation. Yeah, like, I mean, I feel really bad for customer service, especially because, you know, they're the ones that are really not making lots of money and they're the ones dealing with the worst of the community reactions and trolls, people opening uh, tickets to just, yeah. you know, send them abuse. Uh, it's, 
yeah, it's it's not good. The yeah. people should not be harassing Blizzard employees uh, for you know staying at their jobs, and no. <laughs> a lot of community people don't seem to realize that this is a problem across many game studios. Yes. So you can't just say, oh, leave Blizzard, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm exclusively (laughs) going to play League of Legends because it's like, well, didn't you, by by your logic, then, you know, Riot, you shouldn't play any Riot games. (laughs) No one should work at Riot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Someone said that about Final Fantasy fourteen as well. And like one of, the, one of the one of the one of the former workers there was like, uh just like, well, this is everywhere. This is this is a problem everywhere. Um Yeah, I mean I do agree unionization would definitely help. Um right. I'm just, you know, Blizzard has to fix their systems as well. Um yeah. to not sweep things under the rug. Yeah. Are there any other details or points uh, you, you've been you've been kind of dwelling on since this stuff broke over the past couple of weeks? Uh, I mean, there, there's been a lot. It's only been one week. <laughs> I know. I know. It's yeah. crazy. It's been like, I think, seven or eight days since all this stuff happened. It's just, it's wild. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I do think the, uh, I'm glad we brought up the uh, stock market price seeming to change yes. Bobby's tone, as well as... Uh, you know, the walkout announcement was the thing that made the prices drop. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, I mean, money talks. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like the only way to communicate with people as completely isolated from the issue is Bobby Kotick. Bobby Kotick. I really do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess something that's been sticking around in my head as well was um, there was this video clip that surfaced of oh a gosh. fan from yep. 2010 asking uh the uh during the blizzard q a uh the devs were up on the stage all white men and she was asking a question about um you know greater variety in how they portray uh female characters she gave the example of sylvanas who's um a very uh, complicated powerful character who's basically wearing um a over-the-top plate bikini and it stuck with me for a few reasons because you have the devs basically uh, laughing at her and giving a response, you know, along the lines alluding to a Victoria's Secret catalog and saying, oh, yeah, yeah. well, she can look, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, pull her inspiration from another catalog, you know, very sexist, you know, laughing at her in front of a whole auditorium. Um, and then the whole group of fans booed her. Right. And when I see statements from former Blizzard employees, like, you know, uh, President Mike Morheim, when they're like, oh, you know, I guess we didn't do enough. And it's like, or, you know, all people like, oh, I believe he didn't know what was going on. It's like, well, here is this clip from your convention where <laughs> a woman stands up and gets booed by everyone. Like, yeah, you didn't think this was a problem. And, you know, shame on everyone on the stage for, you know, just making a joke out of the situation and not coming forward to diffuse it as well like that that stuck with me because there's been so many moments um i've heard from others or observed firsthand where you know the community does something toxic and blizzard response just sort of let, let lets it happen yeah. um and that was really infuriating to see they seem very afraid to rein in their worst fans you know what i mean right like maybe it's like corporate engagement like even there's been some questionable narrative decisions where it seems dialogue is vague or uh, left uh, open-ended purposely to have people argue about it on social right. media. And it's like, you know, 
not all engagement is good. Like so, <laughs> it's really not. Yeah, that clip is really stuck with me as well. It it it. You're so right. It's like the the response from the panel was heartbreaking, but also not that surprising to me. But the response from the crowd was what was so I think viscerally upsetting to me. I'm just like. Because I, I don't know how you sit up there, hear a crowd boo her, and not go, well, wait a second. Like, th- th- this person has a valid question. This person is not attacking us in any sort of way. Um, it's just a it, – it's it's the worst impulses of this industry in a – what a like a two-minute clip, and it's just awful. Um, right, and the people point. on that stage, one of them is Jay Allen Breck, who writes in a statement, I've always been against bro culture. And <laughs> – He's one of the two guys, you know, egging the Fraziabi on in his, his, his reply. Well, and I think what's going to be really important is that, you know, in the in the lawsuit itself, you know, they say, well, J. Allen Brack has never really done any sort of disciplinary action toward the stuff. And, like, there's, there, there's probably a paper trail that says as much. And so mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting to see how this shakes out. I do hope it goes to trial um, because I think it will be really interesting to see everything that comes out in Discovery. Uh, if not opening up a lot of old wounds, which is upsetting, but but necessary, I guess. Um, yeah, Perk, this has been – yeah, thank you for shedding some light in on this sub- subject. It's been a very, very sobering and upsetting uh, 10 days or so. Um, I know you all yeah, are working definitely. hard. Um, I know you all are working hard with reporting and, and trying to keep the community afloat. So you all are doing great, but get some rest. Um, yeah, my cat just came over to start um, headbutting me because he yeah. he knows this is a difficult topic to talk yeah. about, but it's, yeah. an, it's an important one. He's so he's like to be on the show. He's like you gotta chill. You gotta chill. He's like you yeah. gotta stop talking about this stuff. All right, we're gonna let you go. Uh, thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks again for talking to me about that stuff, Perk. Um, uh, since we recorded that interview, even more details have dropped about this case. Uh, the most uh, troubling one that I've read uh, was reported by Vice uh, on Friday morning about a, a cybersecurity conference in August 2015 where Blizzard employees at a table uh, were talking to different uh, uh, students and workers trying to get jobs in the cybersecurity industry. Uh, there was a, a woman there named Emily Mitchell uh, who is a security researcher looking for a job. She was wearing a shirt uh, that said penetration expert on it. Of course, uh, hacking and cybersecurity has everything to do with penetration. That's what that's what folks call uh, hackers being able to get into a network and do some damage. Uh, there's also something called penetration testing, which is basically a, a common practice where uh, folks try to get into uh, the inner, you know, the the inner workings of a website or server, uh, a set of servers, or a game, or anything like that, to try to find weaknesses and then to ultimately fix them. Anyway, uh, when she approached the booth, uh, she encountered a very disturbing experience with some Blizzard employees uh, who had asked her if she was lost, uh, asked if she was there at the conference with her boyfriend, uh, if she even knew what pin testing was. And then they asked her some extremely inappropriate and disturbing questions about being, quote, personally penetrated, uh, which I won't go too, too far into, but it was a disturbing uh, sequence to say the very least. Um, the, uh, I guess, funny, ha- not 
not super funny, haha, but uh, at least a little bit of justice. Mitchell was actually approached years later, um, and uh, she was the COO of a uh, cybersecurity uh, firm at the time. Blizzard was looking to hire the firm, and Mitchell was actually able to uh, take them to task for the for the uh, the situation back in 2015. Uh, but this is just another uh, example of Blizzard's rampant problems with uh, boys club frat house style uh, workplace. Uh, I'm not even sure those are appropriate uh, um, names for what Blizzard is like at this point. But uh, that is definitely another detail and another piece in the 2013 to 2020 timeline that California's uh, lawsuit against Activision Blizzard will probably focus on. So we'll see if this actually makes it into the lawsuit itself, but it is a disturbing story to say the least. In reaction to the Activision Blizzard lawsuit and the walkout this week, uh, 500 employees over at Ubisoft actually wrote a letter uh, both praising the walkout for Activision Blizzard with their uh, full-throated support of the folks that are doing the walkout, as well as some additional details about what problems that they have collectively at Ubisoft itself and also across the industry. Uh, They said many things, but I'll just read a little bit of it here. Um, Quote, to the management at Ubisoft, we, the undersigned, have had enough. It has been over a year since the first revelations of systemic discrimination, harassment, and bullying within Ubisoft came out. At the time, you acted surprised to hear of these acts going on within your own company, and we gave you the benefit of the doubt. However, we have seen nothing more than a year of kind words, empty promises, and and an inability or unwillingness to remove known offenders. We no longer trust your commitment to address these issues at their core. You need to do more. That does not mean more training sessions that go ignored by the people who need them most. Uh, That does not mean more reassurances and kind words. It means real, impactful action. The only way to fix something so ingrained is to remove the pillars that are complicit with it, be it by actively taking part or by supporting it. Uh, They concluded by saying, uh, we need, quote, we need fundamental real changes within Ubisoft, with Activision Blizzard, and across the industry. To this end, we propose that Activision Blizzard, Ubisoft, and any other industry-leading publishers and developers collaborate and agree to a set of rules and processes for handling reports of these offenses. This collaboration must heavily involve employees in non-management positions and union representatives. This is essential to ensure that those who are directly affected by these behaviors are leading the change. Um, yeah, so like I said, 500 different employees over at Ubisoft uh, signed that letter. Um, Yves Guillemont, the CEO of uh, Ubisoft, has actually uh, responded to that letter in an internal email. Um, and I'll just go ahead and say that the workers are not impressed, but I'll let you decide. Um, Yves uh, says uh, this, quote, As many of you know, an open letter signed by current and former Ubisoft team members was published yesterday. For those of you who didn't see it, you can find the article here along with our internal, our external statement. This letter expressed strong support for the developers at Activision Blizzard and advocated for large-scale change within our industry. It also raised concerns about Ubisoft and our culture. We reviewed this letter as a leadership team, and we take these the issues it raises seriously. For this reason, I want to perfect, uh, personally reiterate our commitment to creating real and lasting change at Ubisoft. Uh, Yves Guillemot actually goes on to list some of the things that they have done, uh, but I would say by and large, they are more or less what the employees said. There are fairly empty promises about trainings and uh, kind words and some 
some promises that have yet to uh, occur um, in terms of doing surveys and audits and things like that, um, but not really directly addressing um, removal of uh, of specific folks that have been mentioned in the past. So, yes, I would say that Gilmo's uh, email was not uh, super well received. Um, <laughs> the uh, the group that did the undersigned letter said, uh, quote, we are aware that the company has made some improvements and we are happy to hear that Eve's and the uh, leadership team agree that this is not enough. However, Ubisoft continues to protect and promote known offenders and their allies. We see management continue, continuing to avoid this issue. It is also worth clarifying that an invitation to reach out to company management personally is not the same as having a collective seat at the table. Uh, that last point about uh, sending an invitation to uh, collaborate with upper management falls a little bit in line with the fact that Activision Blizzard has apparently stopped doing uh, uh, company-wide meetings and all hands in uh, in lieu of doing more uh, personal and small uh, sessions with a few workers. This is a tactic. You know, Perk and I talked about it in the last segment. This is a tactic to basically isolate folks and to potentially turn folks against their better judgment and the will of the collective. So this is another thing of Ubisoft saying, hey, you can just come talk to us at any time, but that's not what those workers are asking for. Anyway, this is an ongoing issue. Uh, I, I definitely think that the workers who undersigned that letter to Ubisoft uh, have the right idea. I think the entire industry probably needs to get together and talk about how to change these things. And we also need to see sweeping changes in terms of more unionization within these workplaces, as well as massive, massive changes in pay disparity and also hiring practices have to be cleaned up. Um, This is such a, a massive story that is going to continue as long as these incidents continue to occur. Okay, well, it feels kind of weird to just uh, switch gears into video games, but we're going to do it. Um, Annapurna Interactive had a showcase this week um, uh, highlighting a bunch of games that are coming out in the next uh, couple of years. Uh, I just, from from the jump, I'll just say, I did not see a game in this session that I was not pretty excited about. So I'll go through the list. Uh, I'll, I think I'll hit everything on the list. So let's just go down. Uh, the Artful Escape uh, gets a September 9th release date for Game Pass and PC. We saw this game at PAX East back in 2020, and it looked beautiful. A lot of folks are excited about it, and it's uh, coming out pretty soon. Neon White, uh, which is from Ben Esposito, who made Donut County. Uh, We saw a trailer for this a while ago, but we saw more gameplay. It looks uh, absolutely bonkers. It is a card-based first-person creative speed-running game, essentially, it's got some shooter stuff. It's got some parkour stuff. looks absolutely ridiculous. It's got some uh, uh, visual novel dating sim stuff, which I think was a totally new thing that we saw from this trailer. So folks should be definitely excited about that. I know Natalie Flores probably is. Uh, it is coming to Switch and PC this winter. Uh, I'm hoping to get Ben on this show uh, and not too long from now. So uh, definitely look forward to that interview if that comes to pass. Uh, that game looks totally bonkers. Uh, the uh, creators of Falcon Age, uh, Outer Loop, uh, they are doing a collab with Annapurna. It is uh, unnamed, but it is going to involve skateboarding and a lot of different cultural experiences. It looks really neat. looks like a super diverse team as well. 
Uh, a memoir blue is revealed and it's coming to, I think every single thing, uh, you can imagine switch console PC, uh, even iOS, uh, looks pretty neat. Uh, Jessica Mack, who, uh, made sound shapes, a really talented, uh, game developer from Canada is collaborating with Annapurna on a music focused adventure game. Um, it, no title for that yet but you know whatever jessica mack is doing you should probably pay attention to uh storyteller from folks in buenos aires hola buenos aires uh i used to live there uh storyteller looks like a very cool drag and drop storytelling game you're supposed to basically you get a prompt that says something like the king is sad and that's basically how the story is supposed to end but you fill in the blanks like how does the king become sad you drop elements into each window it looks amazing i was loving it there's actually a playable demo right now on steam uh and it's also going to come to switch at some point uh solar ash or a, a new game from the folks who made hyper light drifter heart machine uh that comes to pc ps4 and ps5 on october 26 it looks looks a little bit like the pathless and also shadow of the colossus and sonic the hedgehog it's wild it looks really cool uh ivy road is a brand new studio from the creators of the stanley parable and gone home uh that's a really really star-studded collab uh they have a uh unnamed title in the works with the composer uh from minecraft which is exciting and annapurna interactive will publish uh, Skin Deep is a sci-fi immersive sin uh, from the folks that did uh, 20 Fl- Flights of Loving. Uh, I absolutely love Brendan Chung in, in his games. Uh, Skin Deep looks amazing. Uh, so definitely check that out when it comes out probably sometime next year, it seems like. Uh, the Pathless is coming to Steam on November 16th. What Remains of Edith Finch comes to iOS on August 16th. And I Am Dead comes to Xbox and PS4 on August 9th. Uh, and by the way, t- uh, Telling Lies is a Sam Barlow game that's coming to Game Pass, uh, as well as Gora which is that really beautiful storybook storytelling. It's different than than the last one, but it's more visual anyway. If you've played it, you know what I'm talking about. It's a really cool game. Uh, Stray is the game about the cat that we've seen in trailer for, but we saw a ton of gameplay footage, uh, and I am obsessed with this cat. This cat does a ton of really realistic cat things. I love that idea. You're basically going to be exploring a uh, post-apocalyptic kind of uh, robot world. It seems like you're the only kind of organic thing around, which is uh, interesting premise. That's going to come to PS4, PS5, and Steam at the beginning of 2022. Uh, no Code Entertainment. Uh, they are a Glasgow-based studio with uh, a kind of a horror game uh, resume. Uh, they are going to do a new collaboration with Annapurna. No other details there. And we left the show with the announcement that Outer Wilds, one of the best games of the generation, is coming to Nintendo Switch soon. And a new expansion called Echoes of the Eyes. Uh, excuse me, Echoes of the Eye is, uh, was also announced and woven into the actual game as it exists. And if you're confused about that, well, so is pretty much everyone else. I won't spoil anything, but that's pretty intriguing. And that's going to come out on September 28th. Uh, that was a great show. There were like basically all bangers, uh, the state of indie games, and really the state of Annapurna Interactive. Like they are crushing it lately with their indie game slate so uh definitely keep an eye on those games they all look pretty cool 
And okay, let's do a quick roundup to uh, to to finish this segment so I can get you all ready for next week. Uh, August third, uh, folks will be able to get some new levels from new Pokemon Snap. It's a free update, which is pretty wild. I'm actually kind of surprised that Nintendo is doing kind of a robust downloadable patch but there will be new areas looks like there's also an area where you'll be shrunken and see giant pokemon walking around and you can take pictures of that so that's pretty cool uh yeah so that's august 3rd dr mario world is of course the mobile game based on the nes hit dr mario uh the process of shutting that game down has actually uh started already uh you'll be, be you'll basically be no longer able to buy the in-game currency and the game itself will remain online until november 1st but then it's going to be totally unplayable so if you liked this game a lot that's some bad news, but it's not totally uh surprising because i i don't know it's it's one of those games that seemed like a weird fit uh, i think dr mario is cool i don't know if the world was ready for dr mario uh free to play uh pay to pay to win pay to play kind of game anyway uh you can you can find some more details over at fanby.com uh from kenneth shepherd who wrote this great headline dr mario losing medical license to practice on phones which i thought was a great headline good job kenneth uh also uh naughty dog infinity ward and bungie vets uh, have left those studios and are now uh, forming a new studio, uh, hiring in L.A. and San Diego. That studio is called That's No Moon. Yeah, that's like a Star Wars reference, I guess. Uh, I, that, no reason to think that they will be making Star Wars games, but like that's a That's No Moon is like a Star Wars thing anyway. Uh, they're going to be making new action-adventure games that push the limits of gameplay and story. They've got $100 million from Smilegate, uh, the folks that made Crossfire. Those are That's a Korean developer and publisher. Uh, so there's a, a lot of folks on the studio that are pretty talented and good at making those big, beefy AAA action-adventure games, so we'll definitely keep an eye on that. If you are interested in going to PAX, that is at the beginning of September in Seattle, you may recall that they announced that they were not requiring vaccinations uh, to go to this thing. It was actually the reason that uh, the folks at fanbuy.com decided collectively that we would not actually go to the event this year. Uh, We believe collectively that the vaccine requirement would be the only thing uh, that would make us feel safe about going, as well as some mask precautions and things like that, because the Delta variant is on the rise. Anyway, this week, Reed Pop, the folks that uh, put on the event, have changed their tune a little bit, uh, but they've said that they will require proof of a completed COVID-19 vaccination or a negative COVID-19 PCR or antigen test that has to be uh, verified with a valid government-issued ID. Now, the proof of vaccination part makes a lot of sense, and I'm glad they're including that, but it's an either-or with a negative test. Those negative tests, it's a little bit unclear of when those could occur. If you get it done before you travel, the chances of you maybe uh, acquiring the disease if you're unvaccinated by the time you get to PAX is pretty high. So let's say you have a negative test. And then you show up and it doesn't actually, uh, you know, doesn't actually mean anything. Uh, so this is kind of a, a weird thing to do. Um, 
they they made a uh, statement also that said, quote, when PAX West 2021 badges were announced, the PAX team made the decision to communicate what we would commit to at that time rather than what we were working toward. While we let the community know the health and safety guidelines could evolve, we wanted to get it right and we feel confident that verification of fully vaccination or negative tests, along with continued face covering requirements for everyone, will create an environment that promotes the well-being of our PAX community. Um, Yeah, so they kind of passed the buck on like uh, public guidelines at the time that they announced these things instead of kind of seeing where things were headed I don't know. I kind of think they were just trying to get as many tickets sold as possible. Uh, and they actually sold slower than I think they ever have before. So not saying that that's like a one-to-one, but uh, maybe think about it. Anyway, sorry, PAX. Maybe next year uh, the fanbike crew is going to go to Providence, Rhode Island, and actually create a, uh, a few days' worth of content together. We haven't seen each other in a long time. So instead of going to PAX, we're going to Providence and doing some stuff. That's, I think, the first time we've said that on a show i'm saying it uh yeah so join us from september 9th to september 12th we're going to be doing a whole lot of stuff together for the first time in a while which is super exciting anyway i'm going to get you ready for next week Folks, I want to get you ready for next week. We don't have a ton of game releases, but uh, we have some notable ones. Uh, First up is Grime for Stadia and PC on August 2nd. It's an action game. I don't know much about it. I have to be totally honest with you, but it's coming to Stadia and PC. That might be all you need to know, not to be rude. But maybe check out Grime if you're into Stadia. Uh, on uh, August 3rd, Limnusgate, a shooter, is coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Also coming on August 3rd is The Ramp, a game that Merrick K over at fanbyte.com is, uh, I'm not going to say obsessed, that might be overstating it, but is very pleased with. It is kind of a, a little bit of a, a virtual toy instead of a video game, I would say. It's, uh, you, it's a skateboarding game, isometric. Uh, we've written a few pieces about it. It looks really cool. I definitely want to get my hands on it. comes to PC on August 3rd. Dungeon Defenders Awakened comes to Nintendo Switch on August 4th. Uh, my time at Porsche, uh, which is a uh, kind of a, a simulation building crafting game uh, that's been out for a couple of years for a bunch of uh, consoles, uh, but it's coming to Android and iOS on August 4th. Uh, the Falconeer, uh, not to be confused with Falcon Age, uh, is coming to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4 and Switch on August 5th after spending some time on Xbox. Those are the big game releases for this week. We also have some streaming service news. Uh, it, the beginning of the month is always a big time for rollover on Netflix. Uh, 30 Rock, all seven seasons are coming to that uh, to that streaming service. Uh, if you're curious about that, yeah, it was on Peacock. It's on Hulu. I think it's still there, but it's also coming to Netflix as well. So it's kind of an interesting one. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, also a great one. Uh, and The Edge of 17 was a cool little indie flick that uh, I kind of liked when it came out. Uh, those are all coming to uh, to the Netflix platform 
at the first of the month. Um, a Mighty Wind is coming to HBO Max. That is a great Christopher Guest uh, musical mockumentary that I uh, I like a lot. So you should check that out. Also, next week on HBO Max, don't forget that The Suicide Squad is coming out. Uh, it's gotten great reviews so far. Uh, so I guess I'll be checking it out. Uh, that is a James Gunn joint, of course. Also, uh, on HBO Max, if you uh, want to hate watch something, Sex in the City and Sex in the City 2, both films are coming to HBO Max. Those movies are absolutely terrible. You'll love it. Um, <laughs> on uh, Over at Hulu, um, not a ton to report. The Black, uh, Black Swan is coming to the service on August 1st. Uh, Contagion, if you want to scare the shit out of yourselves um, about uh, pandemics, which, like, gosh, who, who doesn't want to do that right now? Um, that's coming to Hulu. Um, and, uh, that's about it. No big shows coming to the, the service on, uh, on the first, um, uh, for Hulu, but on, uh, over at Amazon, um, if you want to see Moneyball, if you want to see Bobby Kotick's, uh, maybe first and only movie appearance, you could definitely do that. If you're in a Bobby Kotick mood, I don't know why you would be. Um, and over at Peacock, we got, uh, Crank and Crank to High Voltage. Those are definitely my two big recommendations for the Peacock service. Uh, yeah, those are, <laughs> those are big ones. Um, and then Paramount, uh, they're getting major league, which is the very best baseball movie ever made. It's super, super funny. It's super, super fun. Uh, you should definitely go, uh, check out major league if you've never seen it and that's going to do it for streaming services. And that's kind of what's going on, uh, this coming week. So let's know if we missed anything. Let, let's know if we missed some big game releases. We're always looking for stuff to play. Uh, especially on stream uh and uh yeah you know what it's i think it's time to check in with paul i think it's time to check in with paul let's check in with paul it's time to check in with paul it's paul's time to shine it's paul's time to unwind and be on my show wow wow i was not expecting that yeah i know i didn't warn you wow that was that good beautiful thank you that was great oh man i've been thinking about it all morning i'm like how am i gonna how am i gonna intro paul on the show and i'm gonna need i'm gonna need jordo to to (laughs) drop some beats yeah yeah yeah, we got we got we gotta figure that out uh (laughs) how's it going Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, it's been an, it's been a pretty nice week. Although today is it's pretty hot over here, but otherwise uh, I'm excited God. for race weekend, baby. Race weekend, baby. What's Let's what's go. what's the big race? What is uh, it this so week? This is the oh my god! What is it? Is the Hungarian Whoa. Grand Prix? Wow! I'm I'm furiously checking. Yes, it is. And uh, I I don't know if I mentioned I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. There I think before the last race, but uh, the rivals Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen they collided. And uh, it's been it's been like such a controversial thing because, uh, yeah, it's it's set the F1 community on fire uh, because Red Bull's super angry. Obviously, they had to I think they had to spend one point eight million to fix their car. Oh, my and, God. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a pretty bad crash. I was I, uh, Max Verstappen, the uh, the young Dutch driver. Uh, he had yeah. to go to the hospital and get checked up and everything. But he's thankfully all right. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. So this weekend's, you know, everyone's tuning in because it's like, all right, what are the, like, it's a, it's a, it's good to have a fierce rivalry, but it's also yeah. like some of the politics stuff is starting to kind of get muddy up the waters, but yeah. yeah, otherwise I'm so excited to watch this week's, I mean, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on Sunday, it's already happened. Um, yeah. but, uh, I'm excited. 
Yeah, no, no, that's that sounds great. Um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we we watched the Annapurna uh, showcase uh, mm. this past week. Uh, you you made the uh, keen observation that like pretty much all those games that they show were bangers. Like, were there was there anything that stood out for you in that um, in that showcase? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to play the Cyberpunk Cat game. I think. Oh my that god, Stray looks game. so cool. Yeah, that's the one we all deserve right now. Yeah, after yeah. the year we've had. Um, yeah, and obviously more Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds is yeah. probably one of my favorite games of all time at this point. Yep. Um, it is like if listener, if you haven't played it, please, please do yourself a favor and play it. It's uh, it's brilliant on every level, and uh, more Outer Wilds makes me happy, which is uh, yeah, very exciting. H- how about you? Definitely more Outer Wilds. Definitely a lot of like just gen like general like. Hey, how are they going to make that work? Kind of stuff. With, <laughs> yeah, with yeah. the Outer Wild thing, without kind of changing the the structure of the game that exists, it almost just feels like they're going to just inject new stuff that you'll have to do. Like, is it going to wow. like change playthroughs of that game? Like, without spoiling anything, that game works like this un, in this intricate watch where yep. every single thing is in sync with something else. It is such a finely tuned and crafted game that like, I'm just kind of bewildered about what, what that's going to be. Um, I think uh, solar ash is the, the game from the folks that did hyper light drifter. And mm. I'm just like, I don't know what that is. It looks like shadow of the Colossus and like Sonic and like the Pathless and a bunch of stuff kind of combined into one. And I liked hyper light drifter a lot. So um definitely definitely looking forward to that yeah it's like every game on that showcase was really good uh annapurna is kind of good at their job i guess oh you, you know th- another one that i forgot to mention yeah uh, that i played a, a couple years ago at e3 now um the artful escape which yes. i cannot wait for yes um yeah i mean annapurna is just continuing to like prove that they're just like they can't miss, and I'm I'm hoping that they you know that streak continues. Yeah. Um. But even that showcase was was really well done. Um, yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Just good overall. It felt very yeah. It felt very expensive. If that makes sense. Like yeah, I know yeah. I know that's like I don't know that's kind of a weird thing to say, but it's like <laughs> they they put a lot of care into the showcase itself. It felt like a big deal, even though you know they're a bunch of fairly relatively low budget games compared to like AAA space. So. Yeah, yeah, it was it was cool. And uh, uh, Jessica Mack is making a follow up to uh, Sound Shapes, not not a specific sequel to that, but another music based game, which like looks really cool. So, yeah, I don't know. A lot of stuff. Have you been playing Bangers. anything lately? Um, honestly, the only thing I've, I've really been consistently playing are, are there's only two games. Um, yeah. Well, three, if you count Streets of Rage DLC, because I'm still playing that here and there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, F1 2021, which is, you know, obviously F1 of course. for now. You have to. Um, yeah, and then uh, I've been playing Skyward Sword, um, which a little a little sneak oh, yeah. peek. For, I guess, uh, f- yeah, for for next week's optional, not not the uh, the one that's go- going live tomorrow, but um, yeah, we're I'm gonna I'm gonna have uh, Danielle, a friend of the site, Danielle Riendo, hey. on, uh, on on the optional, and we, yeah, we're gonna talk about Skyward Sword because um, I've I've been playing that. It's my first time playing it. I didn't play it the first time around, and uh, it's interesting playing this dated thing that does have some some you know some some parts to it that are cool but yeah. it's really muddied by the awful controls 
the controls are so bad. The controls are so bad. Yeah, everyone's yeah. like, oh, there are cool things in this game. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's really tough to see them. But yeah, yeah no, I, I think it does have some cool concepts. And like Daniel's talked a lot about that as well. Um, yeah, definitely looking forward to that conversation on the optional. But um, yeah. But yeah, like yeah, it's such a it's such a bizarre little relic uh, from only ten years ago, but it it feels older than that somehow. Yeah, um, yeah, so that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, I'm, I'm going to plug one last thing for this week, which Please. is uh, I, I I'm I cannot wait to. Uh, I mean, speaking of Outer Wilds and Streets of Rage, um, I'm going to be on Volume Slider this week, this Friday, hey. and I'm going to be talking about. Two, two of my four songs, so 50% of the show is going to be about Outer Wilds and Streets of Rage 2 in particular. Hey. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be just, you know, doing my thing, geeking out. It's, I'm like contractually obligated to talk about Streets of Rage whenever there's music, video game music brought up. So it's yeah. just part of my, uh, you know, part of the deal we made when I when I got brought on here. It's just like, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do it. Um, I mean, we're, we're three episodes deep and no one's talked about Yuzo Kishiro yet. And I, I'm, right. I'm upset. I'm upset by that. So good. Yeah, glad or Motohiro Kawashima. Right. Like, come yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Come so on. I'm going to write Can't... that wrong. <laughs> yeah, please. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, but yeah, please listen to the optional. Listen to Volume Slider. Those are amazing brand new shows on the network. Uh, new to us, at least in, in the case of the optional. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that that's awesome. Enjoy the Hungary race. Um, <laughs> I hope it went well as we as we go live on Sunday. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, no problem. Take it easy. That was Paul's check in with Paul. Paul's gonna go off and do some stuff like watch some F one. Bye, Paul. Bye, John. <laughs> Hey, that's going to do it for this week's show. I want to thank my guest, Alexis Cousy, uh, a.k.a. Perk, for stopping by and talking to me about the difficult and troubling situation over at Activision Blizzard. If you want to follow her on Twitter, you can do so over at Perculia and everything over at wowhead.com. Uh, if you want to follow Paul, my wonderful producer, my perfect, precious producer, Paul Tamayo. I'm so sorry. You can follow him over at Paulie Mayo. You can also listen to his wonderful podcast he hosts alongside Cam Brewster, the optional over on the Fanby Podcast Network, of course. And uh, you know what, folks? Until next week, you're welcome. Mm-hmm.